was from here and said Norfolk. Okay. My father was not. He's from Easton. He always said Norfolk. Okay. Kind of surprised he didn't say Norfolk, just like Virginia. Yeah, he, well, I didn't get a break because he was from Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we You ready? All right. Hunter, are you recording yet? Oh, okay. Good. That's right. I forgot. You need that part going. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me hit start. Okay, welcome to 10, a podcast brought to you by the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, powered by the Exarban Foundation. I'm Shauna Dorsey, the Executive Director of the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, and I'm here with a special guest co-host here in Norfolk Fork. You guys decide. You can debate in the comments. Um <laughs> Here in Norfolk, I'm just going to say it both ways, with Angie Stinger, with Growing Together. Welcome, Angie. Thank you. Thank We're you for co-hosting with me. Yes, excited to have you here in Norfolk. Thank you. I say with an L, sorry. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, we're here today with Brandon Day uh, with Dacos, and thank you for joining us. I, I'm also happy to have you here in Norfolk. <laughs> I will represent the lone correct pronunciation of the town in this discussion today. <laughs> awesome. Well, Brandon, can you uh, tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Please? Um I uh, grew up in Norfolk. I was born outside, but moved here as a pretty young child. Um, and I own and operate Dacos here in Norfolk, um, which is a business that provides technology and outsourcing solutions to transportation companies all across the country and all across the world. Um, I'm married, have two children. They're not really children anymore <laughs> because they are age uh, 19 <laughs> and 22, um, both in college and um, so my wife and I get to enjoy being empty nesters and travel a little bit more, but we love um, Norfolk and we love uh, all, all of Nebraska. Yes. Awesome. And one of the reasons, Brandon, that we wanted you to join us today was because when I think technology, and you use the word technology, I think you're a hidden gem because the story of Dacos is so great and, and what you bring and what you do right here in the middle of the country. So can you explain a little bit about Dacos and how it came to be? Yeah, so Dacos, um, we refer to Dacos as a family business, even though um, it's not really anybody besides my wife and I involved <laughs> in it anymore. But um, it started in the basement of my parents' home uh, 44 years ago. Um, so it's always, to me, will always be a family business. Um, and it's always been sort of technology focused, even in the early days. My father was um, the first one I ever saw who bought the, what was a portable computer at that time, which came in this, like a suitcase size um, container, and he would travel around the country doing work with that. And so what Dacos really does is provide sort of outsourcing and technology solutions. So even our outsourcing, we use technology to be able to do it really efficiently. Um, and we've always been sort of trying to be a little bit ahead of where our customers are technology-wise so that we can offer them solutions at more economical prices. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we do a lot of pretty cool technology right here in Norfolk, Nebraska, which is uh, not, not expected. Um, but, you know, we, we've always tried to figure out how to use, you know, and, and whatever it is, it's, it's the current technology. Back in the day, it was a suitcase-sized computer. Mm -hmm. Now it's machine learning and AI and all that stuff and how we can use it. But we're always trying to figure out what's the right method of technology to apply technology to do things better, more efficiently, more accurately. Um, and we do it right here in Norfolk. What does that do for uh, those who are wanting to create their own tech ecosystem as they're doing things and thinking, wait, I'm in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I know the words Silicon Prairie have been tossed mm -hmm. around. Where does that fit in what you guys do and how? I mean, the, the awesome thing about technology is there's, there's 
some infrastructure advantages of being certain place, but by and large, they're minimal, right? Mm -hmm. And they're really community-based, not technology or structural-based. So there's nothing that we can't do from a technology point of view in our building in Norfolk, Nebraska, that you know, couldn't be done anywhere else in the country and would be done any better in a different place. It's, we all have access to the same technology now, right? We all have a, uh, access to the same tools. And so you can apply those no matter where you are in the world, which is a great advantage for rural Nebraska in my mind. I agree. Um, you know, where, where we really have shined in our hiring of, of uh, technology professionals is there are people who want to do the latest and greatest technology. They want to use cool new tools, and they don't want to live in a larger city. Mm -hmm. They want to live somewhere else. Now, there's a lot of people who do want to live in a larger city, and that's great also, but there are a lot of people that we found that are excited by the opportunity to live where they want to live and not have to be punished by using substandard <laughs> or dated technology um, and can't do that. And we've had, we've had people who have left our company moved to a larger city, and then come back and said, the technology we're using here is behind what we were doing with you guys in Norfolk. Wow. That's fantastic, isn't it? I just love it. So speaking of hiring and mm -hmm. talent, um, can you talk to us a little bit about how COVID impacted your, your business and then also on the talent side? Yeah, so like many businesses, we were definitely uh, affected. Um, a lot of our customers work directly with the United States government, and that's some of the transactions we're helping them. Um, and specifically the Department of Defense. And basically when COVID started, they stopped moving everything mm -hmm. um, and, and stopped moving people in particular, which is where a lot of our business is. So we saw an immediate um, impact to that. And from a point of view of what it meant for us and our uh, employees was, how are we going to survive this? Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things we did at that time is we looked at, okay, what's our financial resources? What did we guess? Um, both optimistically and pessimistically, this would mean long-term. Um, and what we did is we went to our employees and we said, look, you know, we know this is a financial hit on everybody. We had employees whose spouses were laid off almost immediately, um, and they were now a one-income household, and that one income was their DACOs. Um, and we said, we have the financial resources to weather this for quite a while. We're going to take the burden to weather it, and we will keep everyone employed full-time at your same salary until we can't do it anymore from a financial point of view. And what we ask them in return is, okay, let's figure out how we make that last as long as possible, right? And they did an awesome job of trying to figure out what are areas we can still generate revenue from, how can we save, you know, some expenses, put off some things, front load. We did all kinds of tricks and things, but in the end, um, you know, we were able to weather the storm without ever laying off anybody or even really even anybody under that fear. Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, in the, in the, the way the hiring environment changed mm -hmm. so quickly after COVID, <laughs> where everybody's now desperate to hire, um, you know, the loyalty and the trust that we built with people during that time yep. will pay off for years. And I always tell people, like, when you're talking to, about businesses, it's not how they treat you in the good times. Mm -hmm. It's when things are really down, how are they going to treat you? Right. Um, and I said, we all had this great now lesson in COVID. What happened during COVID? And I don't, I don't, I know that some businesses had to make different choices and I'm not criticizing businesses that had to make a different choice, but I think it tells you something about the way we think about our employees and the way we run our business, mm -hmm. that that was going to be the absolute last option. And we were willing to drain our financial cushion mm -hmm. to get there. Yep. It really um, <clears throat> speaks to the 
concept of this being a family business still, it reminds me a lot of that. Like you take care of each other. We do, yeah. you know, and it is. And, and our, you know, we try to run our business a little differently. We, we are a, one of the, I think there's seven or eight B Corps in Nebraska. We're mm -hmm. a B Corp and, and we're trying to figure out how we use our business for good. Mm -hmm. um, but that to us, that a lot of times you, people hear that and think, oh, they give a lot to charity or they do a lot of charitable work. And for us, it means more than that. It means you got to be all in if you're going to be about doing good. And that includes how you treat employees. Mm -hmm. And I've always said, I want my employees to say, my life is better because I work at Dacos. Not just that I like my job, yep. but that Dacos has, has a positive impact on my entire life. That's wonderful. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. It, and I love, I know you You don't speak about it a lot because you're somewhat humble, but Dacos for Good is something that really is doing things in our community that you let your employees make those decisions and, and put a team together to to do good things in our community. And I, I thank you for that publicly, but I, like I said, I know you don't brag on it, but you well, do a I lot I don't brag on it because I don't do much with uh, it. Well, um, you it created really is, the culture. It, yeah, we created the opportunity. The employees are the ones who run with it and decide what great things need to be done in our community and take the action to do those things. Um, and I just get to sit and watch and <laughs> try not to take credit for something I didn't do. Well, again, you created the culture, you created that, and so I do think it's such an such a gift to this community gift to your employees and yes that's a good thing that is awesome so with a minute left okay <laughs> can you tell us one of your favorite dacos for good stories um i think that what i appreciate most about dacos for good are the things that came out of um an employee idea or something so um let's see if i can tell the story in a minute <laughs> a few years ago i went to a conference and we sponsored daco sponsored an event where in the community we are, I think we were in Miami at the time, um, we built bikes for kids at the boys and girls home. Awesome. And it was cool that event came back, told our employees about it, and they said, hey, we got kids in Norfolk who need bikes. And so they took it and run, ran with it. And the last time we did it, we gave away 160 bikes to kids in Norfolk and in the surrounding communities. And all brought the, businesses in. And brought other businesses, all employee run, all employees did the whole project. Um, and so that's what's gratifying to see for me. Wonderful. We did it. Yay. Five seconds. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you very much. Look at that. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> uh.